0: Hey!
1: Once again, my name is Agent P, also known as Pan, and I am joined by Daryl, Nabil, and Anwar. And we have a special, special guest in the building. The one and only Jack Armstrong joins us today. Jack Armstrong graduated from Fordham University in 1985 with a master's in communication. For the better part of a decade, Jack was the lead basketball coach of Niagara University. In the 92-93 season, he led the Niagara Purple Eagles to a 23-7 record and was named the New York State Division One Coach of the Year. Jack Armstrong is TSN's basketball insider, keeping fans in the loop on everything happening around the NBA and college hoops. He also joins Toronto Raptors play-by-play announcer Matt Devlin as a game analyst for all Raptors broadcasts on TSN. Throughout the NBA season, Jack is featured in regular segments on SportsCenter and writes a weekly NBA blog for TSN.ca. He is also part of TSN's in-studio panel throughout the network's NCAA March Madness coverage. Jack has been a part of the Raptors broadcast team since the year 2000. He has two catchphrases that he uses during game broadcasts. Hello and get that garbage out of here. The get that garbage out of here phrase was also used by Jack in commercials for the city of Toronto government to encourage keeping garbage out of recycling materials jack armstrong is also a three-time winner of the canadian screen award for best sports analyst in a sports program or series his vast knowledge and passion is well known and respected throughout the basketball world welcome jack to our podcast
2: Thank you for the
1: introduction. Uh, the check is in the mail, that's all mine. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Welcome, Amazing. Jack. Uh,
2: to <laughs> <laughs> there we Absolutely go. Whining. There it is, there it is.
1: Start off. Uh, so, Jack, thank you so much for joining us and welcome. Um, first of all, we just want to ask, you know, how are you and your family during, uh, doing during this time amidst everything that's going on alongside, you know, like the civil unrest and what's happening?
2: Uh, I'm doing fine. Uh, I I try to get out every morning and run. I ran this morning, uh, and and to me, I, I think that's an important thing just to get outside and clear your head a little bit. Uh, so I try to do that every day. Uh, my family's good, thank goodness. Um, I got uh, three sons, uh, and they're all scattered about. I got one son in L.A., another in Nashville, another one here at home for the summer from college, who's working. And uh, so they're all doing fine, and, and thank God we're good and safe. And uh, it's been uh, just an incredibly difficult time for everyone across the globe, um, and and uh, it, you know with the pandemic, and then the uh, you know the social justice issues have been. Uh, it's it's just been a uh, just a sad thing to see that we still haven't reached a point that we've made true progress. Uh, and, and, and hopefully, uh, what's taken place, you know, I always say that sometimes life takes a wrong turn in the right direction. And the fact that we've had a pandemic going on, uh, the, the one positive of all this is the fact that it's really gotten people's attention. I think mm. if some of these, uh, issues had, had, uh, risen to the surface, um, during a time where, you know, life was just in a traditional sense, moving along and there were a lot of other things going on in a lot of ways, unfortunately, Mike, it might end up on page seven of the paper mm-hmm. rather than page right. one. Right. It might end up being in minute nine of a newscast rather than in minute one. So it's an opportunity for change. It's an opportunity uh, to really allow uh, people to have the chance to say, "Hey, no, we need to make uh, some changes here. We need to all make a difference." I'm not sure if you guys know this, but uh, my wife and I, our three sons are African American. We adopted three African American mm-hmm. boys. Right. So right. for me, it, you know, it, it's a a unique thing, you know, being a, a, a white male and, and having three African American sons, and right. obviously in the profession that I'm in. In my previous life as a coach, uh, uh, fortunate enough, the majority of the players I coach were black. And, and, uh, and uh, in the business I'm in now, the last 22 years with the Raptors, uh, I, you know, it's the same thing. So uh, I, I feel like I have a, I wouldn't say 100% great feel for it, but I think I have a pretty good feel for it. Uh, and, and, I, 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 and having grown up in New York City, in the inner city, Uh, I've been exposed to a lot of different things. So uh, to me, I I always use this line, rules without relationships equal rebellion. Mm. Rules with relationships equal respect and results. And right now we have a disconnect and we need everyone to connect. And I think Mm -hmm. when people connect, you have an opportunity for respect and you have an opportunity for results, uh, but when you don't have that connection, uh, you have rebellion, uh, and and that's what you have right now. You have people that are very angry and upset and ticked off, and and there needs to uh, be that that area where people come together and find that common ground. Uh, life isn't black and white. Life is gray. Mm. It's somewhere in the mm. middle. It's 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 moderation. It's mediation. It's collaboration, right. It's, right. it's uh, everyone working together, trying to uh, uh, understand and, and have empathy for each other and, and to respect that that other person walks in a different set of shoes. And, and uh, to me, I, I think so those are really important things and uh, you know and, and again, it's just one of those circumstances where um, I think the NBA, uh, I'm proud to be part of the NBA. And I think our league is the most progressive of the four major sports. Uh, I don't think all the nonsense that took place with Colin Kaepernick would have ever happened in the NBA. Uh, He would be playing in the NBA right now if he were an NBA player. So, uh, you know, to me, uh, is the is the is the NBA perfect? No, far from it. Uh, Are are all the people in the NBA perfect? No, far from it. Uh, You know. Everyone has room to improve, everyone has room to grow. And I think what's going on right now is an opportunity uh, to really look in the mirror at, at, at ourselves and to also look at each other and say, how can we impact and how can we make this world a little bit better place? We're not gonna snap our fingers, guys, as we, as you know, right. and instantly instantaneously change it, but each and every one of us in our own little way can can make the world a little bit better every day.
0: Definitely. Great. Amazing. Yeah, just kind of segueing over to the next question. Um, You've had an amazing career thus far from coaching to covering the Raptors now for 20 years, which is amazing. Um, Walk us through that journey and how you were able to kind of make that transition from coaching to an NBA analyst and a broadcaster.
2: Well, actually it's been 22 years. Uh, a, a lot of people read that bio. It says 2000. I joined the Raptors in 1998, actually. And right. uh, the reason I know that was I call Vince Carter's first game as a rookie in Boston That's right. against, against Paul Pierce with Chuck Swirsky. That was the first game we ever did. And that was the 98, 99. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was the lock 50 game lockout season. Right. Right. And, uh, so it's so it's been twenty two years, and uh, mm. I'm not you know somebody's giving you bad info. No, no, no. I think it's Wikipedia, one of those things. I don't know. I who know? I don't know who puts all that nonsense out. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's been a great twenty two years, and and prior to that, I, I I spent fourteen years as an NCAA Division one coach, four years at Fordham, ten years at Niagara, and I was a high school coach prior to that. You know, so. Uh, I can't thank basketball enough. I can't thank that orange ball enough. Mm. Uh, from the time I was seven years old playing basketball in Brooklyn, and here I am 57, uh, for 50 years, that orange ball has given me joy. Uh, mm. And I always say to kids, you know, for you, that might be uh, a piano or a guitar or it might be law or music or song or dance, uh, social work, whatever. Uh, Whatever it may be, uh, if you can find that thing in your life that you love, and you get up every morning and you got a, a little a, a little pep in your step, go for it, man. Uh, and, and I feel like uh, you know my I, I have three older brothers uh, who've all done quite well for themselves, and they used to say to me, "Are you nuts? You know, you're, you're a <laughs> uh, I have a bachelor's degree in history, and you mentioned I have a master's in communications, but you know, they're like, what the hell are you going to do with a, 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 a history degree? I said, well, I could tell you what the War of 1812 was. Uh, <laughs> I, wanted, I, wanted to be, I wanted to be a high school history teacher. I wanted to be a basketball coach. You mm. know, that to me was like a cool thing. Right. And, you know, they are going, what, what are you crazy? You know, like, but I, I've always, with my life, done what I wanted to do. And, and my love of that orange ball Led me to where I am right now. And I encourage you guys and I encourage everybody that I, I chat with if you can find that thing in your life that, uh, uh, that is a career that brings you joy. Now, every job's got nonsense and BS and politics. And, you know, I've been through all that nonsense. I, I, I get it. Nonetheless, there's still the joy of when you're in the gym. And the sneak is a squeak, and the mm-hmm. ball is in play, and you know, you just you get to a different place. And and for me, uh, so in a in a long roundabout way, I, I apologize. Is that uh, I feel really fortunate to have had two careers, uh, in, 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 with something that I fell in love with at seven years old, and I've had great life lessons. I've learned a lot about myself. Uh, I've succeeded. I've failed, uh, everywhere in between. Uh, it's, it's helped me grow. It's helped me build my character. Uh, and, and I can't thank that ball enough. Uh, and, 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 and I, I think athletics, uh, is a great character builder. I think it it challenges us, uh, to really grow up and mature and, and, and to learn to share and to learn Mm -hmm. to respect each other. So, um, I think, I think that's the great thing about uh, sports is that uh, all the political nonsense you hear about and all that, when you get in the gym and you start playing, all that stuff goes away. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just mm-hmm. born, you're just yeah. hoping. And, and uh, you know, you're on the same team and you're just trying to accomplish a goal of winning as a group. There's a brotherhood there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I think sports teaches us so many great things. And I I feel like uh, I'm really fortunate to have gotten into that. And uh when I when I look back on uh the challenges of like why 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 do you want to major why why do you want to be in basketball? What are you gonna do with that with your life? Now I'm the cool
0: uncle.
2: Those guys all did better than me. And I'm just this stupid basketball coach. Uh but nonetheless, guess what? You know what? Uh, i'm do, i 'm doing with my life what I love to do with it, and I love my brothers dearly
0: mm-hmm. and uh
2: i'm I know they 're proud of me and i 'm very proud of them and uh but we all have to find that path each and every one of us and and uh i 'm really lucky to have had uh this career and these careers because I fell in love with something and I decided to stay with
0: yeah that 's awesome that 's awesome. <clears throat> Okay. Uh, next question, Jack. Uh, as a Raptors broadcaster, you've seen a variety of coaches coach the Raptors. Um, as an analyst, do you find yourself making in-game adjustments alongside the coaches while calling the game on the sidelines? And how would you compare the coaching style of Dwayne Casey versus Nick Nurse? Kind of a two-part well, question. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I, first
2: of all, I, I always try to first guess. Honestly, I, I do. I, I try as best as I can to say, you know this is what I think I would do uh, rather than let it happen and then second guess I do the best I can now there have been times I have but I, I tried my best to first guess and then I also try to poke fun at myself and, and and kind of make light of the fact that hey look at my career record I was I don't know what w- Wikipedia has they got my Uh, But I can tell you my career record was 100 and 154. I got fired. I was a lousy coach. So I try to joke about that.
0: They got it backwards on on Jack. It's on 154 to 100, right? Above (laughs)
1: above 500, way above 500.
2: And those people know what they're talking about. (laughs) Exactly. That is right. (laughs) Uh, You know, so I try to first guess. Uh, I try to frame it and give you a gem. I try to tell you why something happened and how something happened. Uh, but I, I do the best I can to try to, you know, say, this is what the coach might be thinking. Here are his options. And, and try to. Uh, and, and I study analysts in all different uh, – I, I think Tony Romo is a fabulous analyst, you know, yeah. on, on the NFL. And, you know, I study different analysts in different sports – But, you know, I I think if you can try to first guess as much as possible, I think that's important. Uh, The second part of your question was, you know, Dwayne Casey and Nick Nurse. Uh, Mm -hmm. Both of them are fabulous coaches. Uh, You know, when I think of sensational, high-impact, high-level coaches, uh, when I reflect on the the Raptors, uh, those two guys would be right at the top of the list. Dwayne Casey – Did an amazing job in Toronto, putting a foundation in place um, and and teaching everyone in the organization, what it means to win. Uh, He carried himself in a first class manner. He's a terrific basketball man. He's a man who paid his dues as a college coach, internationally, uh, pro assistant, pro head coach. Uh, and, and he is, uh, you, you're not going to find a finer gentleman uh, than Dwayne Casey. And uh, the guy uh, walked his talk. You know, a lot of people talk a good game, but they don't live it. Uh, Dwayne is one of those guys that uh, was a true positive example for the players. Uh, he stood his ground and uh, stood by his principles when need be. Uh, He was flexible when he needed to be flexible. And uh, he was one of those guys that uh, really laid an amazing foundation uh, for success. And, uh, you know, a big part of why the Raptors, again, this year will be in the playoffs, year seven in a row, is because of, of the foundation that Dwayne Casey laid. And then when you talk about Nick, I think Nick is one of those guys that has a remarkable sense uh, in game of adjusting and being creative.
0: Mm-hmm,
2: uh, mm-hmm. I think he's a guy that, as well, that I really like the fact that when I'm around him, uh, he never focuses on what he doesn't have. He only focuses on what he does. Mm. Uh, I've been around a lot of coaches over the years that, you know, a lot of times uh, cry over spilt milk. And, and don't focus on what they have in front of them. And I think Nick's experience of coaching overseas and coaching in the G League, uh, D League, and, and really helped him develop a skill set that like, hey, man, whatever I got in front of me, I'm rolling with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously coaching in the situation in Orlando uh, is, is a different thing than anyone's used to. But I think Dwayne, I mean, excuse me, I think Nick has the skill set uh, to do that. I I think in terms of differences between the two, they're a lot more similar than you think. uh, Because if you look at the Raptors right now and the type of team that they are, uh, they're one of the elite defensive teams in the league. Uh, A big part of their success a year ago had to do with defense. And you know, Dwayne's mantra was all about defense when he got here. Uh, And Nick, as much as he was given a reputation as an offensive guy, uh, Nick's a basketball coach. Right. Uh, and I always say about Nick, it's like Don Shula, the legendary NFL coach. He can take his and beat yours. He can take yours and beat his. Mm. Uh, I, think he's a good, he's, I think he's a good basketball coach. I yeah. think he can coach right. offense. He can coach defense. He can coach special teams. He can do whatever the hell yeah. you want him to do. Yeah, he's nice. a really good coach, <laughs> as is Dwayne Casey. And, you know, unfortunately, in the pro game, and even in the college game, been there, done that, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, many times, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent people reach a shelf life. And, uh, you know, it, they just want it. organizations and, and GMs and owners want a new voice. Uh, many times that ends up, uh, not working out uh, because you just shuffle in the, ta- the chairs right. and sometimes it does work out. Uh, but, I think a big part of the success of the Raptors has a lot to do with the foundation that that Dwayne laid. And at the same time, I think if you look at the job Nick did with the acquisition of Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green last year, he did an amazing job. I don't think he gets enough credit. So Kawhi gets so much credit and Kawhi is a great player and he deserves a lot of credit. Nick doesn't get enough credit uh, because that was an incredibly Incredibly pressurized situation. Right. That there were Mm -hmm. a lot of uptight people last year, Mm -hmm. Uh, and and to me, uh, when people ask me, you have I I, I've actually had maybe as much fun, maybe more fun this season than I did last season, because there was just such an underlying tension about you know will Kawhi stay? Mm -hmm. Will Kawhi go? Uh, Hey, we're all in this year. If we don't win, it's going to be a complete failure. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I think for Nick to handle the job the way he did uh, as a first-year head coach in the NBA Mm -hmm. uh, is remarkable. And the last thing I'll say is this. Dwayne and Nick have something very much in common. They both have head coaches' personalities. Uh, There are certain guys that are better suited being a lieutenant. And I think both of them when they were lieutenants and and they were assistants, were very good, very loyal, hardworking, and they provided an impact for the head coach that they worked for at different parts during their career. But nonetheless, when Dwayne Casey walks in a room and when Nick Nurse walks in a room, they both have the stature of a head coach. And and to me, uh, again, I think there's a lot more similar than there is different. Mm.
3: Awesome, awesome. Uh, you had mentioned Orlando, um, and segueing into uh, this current season now, uh, various analysts have labeled the season an eventual champion as having an asterisk, uh, kind of due to the whole situation with COVID and certain players maybe not playing. Um, how do you feel uh, about that situation? Do you feel that that is the case that they, you know, would have an asterisk?
2: Okay, I'm going to throw it back at you. Do you know who the uh, champion was in the 98-99 season and the champion in the 2011-2012
3: season? So 98-99, I want to say, are you talking about the Spurs? They beat Spurs. The Knicks? You're yeah, right. Okay. And
2: 2000,
3: sorry, you said 2010. 11-12,
2: yeah. The other lockout season. Mm.
3: I honestly cannot remember. It wasn't
0: Dallas, right? Dallas was the yeah. year before. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so my
3: Miami,
0: yeah. Miami. Okay.
2: okay. okay. So, yeah. so, when I go to Miami, and when I go to uh, San Antonio, and I see those banners, let's let's ask all each of us think about it for a second. When right. You're in, when you, if, oh, if the bunch of us went to the game together, uh, now you're gonna be buying me the beer since I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right?
0: MGD. Definitely.
2: If we're sitting together, you're definitely you're gonna have, definitely. You're gonna, you're going to be running a lot to that stand. If <laughs> I'm off duty, I'm going to be enjoying a few beers. There it is, yeah. So uh, if, we, if, if we're if we in the stands, all of us are hanging out together, how many people do you think in San Antonio, Miami, look up at that banner and even know that it was in a lockout season? Mm-hmm.
3: Very so, fair, yeah. Very, very minimal. Good point.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very Probably minimal. Zero, yeah. So, You know, so uh, all these expert analysts are saying, well, asterisk, this, that, the other thing. We played 50 games that year. That was my first year in the NBA. That other season was 66 games. If I'm not mistaken, the Raptors have played 64 games right now. They will play another eight. That'll get them up to 72. So actually, this season has more validity than the other two. And then on top of that, you throw in the difficulty Here's the thing that really drives me crazy. This is the one thing I've had a problem with, to answer your question. I think it's going to be even harder to win this year because mm-hmm. they are, in my opinion, not doing right by the teams that have had a great season. In those other two years, the teams that had home court actually had mm-hmm. home court. Right, you know, now, right, because right. of the unfortunate situation that we're in, now, if you are the Clippers, the Raptors, the Bucks the Lakers in particular, and then working way to the Rockets and the Celtics and the heat, people like that, kind of the top seeds in each conference, those teams are not getting the, you know, what, what benefit are they getting for a 70, 72 game season or grinding and out? They could, right. you know, we're, we're all forgetting about yeah. February and January and December and winning back-to-back games and grinding your way through injuries and sickness and and bad weather and all sorts of stuff. And now, what do you have to show for? So in my opinion, I think this champion uh, is probably more uh, fitting and deserving than maybe those other two years that those banners are flying up there and nobody even remembers it. Mm -hmm. So here's the last thing I'll say to that, is the fact that when when you reflect on, the, the you know right uh, we had uh, and we're taping this on Tuesday J- July 21st. I'm not sure when we're gonna it's gonna air, but the NBA put out a release late yesterday afternoon that everyone in the bubble nobody tested positive, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? You know, which is a positive. Now now is that gonna stay the way the whole time? Who knows? Right. You know I there'll probably be positive tests. Uh, the reality is we have to expect that. But you know what? There's probably gonna be a knee injury. There's probably going to be an ankle injury. There's probably going to be a shoulder injury. There's probably going to be a concussion. Uh, Those things are going to happen just like potentially we could have a positive test. So if people are going to freak out, if Giannis tests positive, Mm -hmm. let's not forget that you should probably then freak out if, uh, you know, James Harden has a high ankle sprain Mm -hmm. that that Mm -hmm. has him out Mm -hmm. for a month, you know? So, Uh, bottom line is, I think it's going to be uh, whoever wins this thing, uh, and I guess it'll, it'll have to play out, and we'll all have to experience it together, and your guess is as good as mine. But, it, you know, just my own opinion is I will have tremendous respect for whoever that champion is. Uh, I hope it's the Raptors. Right. And if it's not, I'll give whoever they are uh, their they're, they're due. And, and uh, because – when we all go to that arena years later, and I know you're all going to take me for a few cocktails and we'll watch. Yeah. The movie theater, exactly. and hopefully, hopefully it's the Bank arena. and We see another banner up there. Hundred yeah, so Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Give me a night off and we can hang out, look <laughs> up at that banner and say, Hey, look, you know, there's no asterisk next to that. Exactly. Hey, there are. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of people with that opinion. I would just say, Having been a history major, those who don't understand history are doomed to repeat it. Uh, and I think when you do study history and you have an historical background and historical perspective on things and you dig a little deep, you go, wait a minute, I totally forgot about those two years and nobody's even talking about them anymore. So let's let's lighten up on that a little bit uh, for all those experts out there that want to flag whoever that winner is going to be. And, right. and, and I, but let's hope there is a
3: winner. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And you, you mentioned, like, the difficulties and, and, you know, especially for the Raptors to try to repeat. Um, along those lines, what are your thoughts about the Raptors repeating this year? Um, and if you had to choose maybe a team or two from each conference that you think might pose, pose a threat to the Raptors, if you can share those uh, teams that you think might be a, a, a threat to the Raptors this season.
2: Well, I, I, number one, I think the Raptors are absolutely a contender. When you when you evaluate the fact that they have the third-best record in the NBA, they have the second-best record in the East going into this uh, tournament here now, and the fact that they were absolutely decimated with injuries, how many times did they have their top eight players together on the floor at any one time? You know, and, and yet, uh, and I, I personally, you know, and they're one of the elite defensive teams in the league. I think their offensive numbers are skewed a little bit from a, to a negative perspective because uh, they didn't have all their best players. And I think mm. that really hurts your offense. Uh, so I, I think if they're able to stay healthy, you'll see an even better offensive team. Now uh, to me, I, I think they're right there in the hunt. I think a tournament like this favors teams that have maturity, professionalism, togetherness, experience, uh, role definition, great coaching, uh, they have all that. Uh, you know, and here's the other thing about the Raptors. They have the same exact record at home as they do yeah, it on the, the road. road. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so to me, uh, the, team, the th- team I'm fascinated by, and I don't know the answer to it, is Philadelphia is an amazing <laughs> team at home and they're a terrible <laughs> road team. Yeah. So now are they going to be, is the neutral going to help them or hurt them? I don't know. I have no oh. idea what they're going to look like. But my point is, I think the rat. you know, uh, I don't know if it was Aristotle or Socrates. I can't remember. Some smart guy said excellence is a habit, not an act.
3: I don't,
2: I don't think the raptors are actors. I think they have habits and I think habits travel and habits hold up under any condition, home, road, neutral. And so to me, uh, I like their body of work and I feel very comfortable calling them a contender. Uh, Are they going to be the champion? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. Will there be other teams? Obviously, the two L.A. teams out west are fabulous. Uh, Utah probably has taken a step back because Bogdanovich is out. Denver's very, very dangerous. There's something missing with them, though. Every time I watch them, they're really good, and then they'll lose to a team. I'm like, what are you doing? Where are you that night?
0: Yeah, but now Jokic, Jokic is back. Right? You yeah. lost like 20 pounds, it looks like. 20, 30 pounds, I yeah, no. they right? So.
2: They're, they're, they're terrific. It, it, there's just something about them that I'm still yeah. – you know, Houston playing small ball, they're dangerous. You know, obviously in the East, Milwaukee is tremendous. Uh, they steamrolled the league last year. They steamrolled the league this year. Now they have to prove themselves mm-hmm. in postseason that they have what it takes. Uh, and Mike Budenholzer has to prove himself – Uh, in postseason he did a great job in atlanta he's done a great job in milwaukee now he's got to get him to the promised land there's a lot of pressure there with Giannis in his pending contract right you know boston is a terrific team uh they've had injuries as well i i thought they had a a really solid uh, season those would be the teams i mean Obviously, Philadelphia is a super dangerous team because they have two guys. If they stay healthy, that'll end up in the Hall of Fame one day. in Simmons and Embiid. Uh, but again, the the splits between home and road is so that di- so significant. Uh, but on the other hand, they're a matchup nightmare. And I tell you what, here's another team people forget a little. They sleep on a little bit. I think Miami's tough. Uh, oh, yeah. They guard. Oh, yeah. They have an elite player in Jimmy Butler. They have a great coach in Eric Spolstra. And, and last but not least, they have a lot of three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. And now that they're healthy, they can spread the floor. Uh, they, can, they, play good, they do a good job playing their zone. Uh, so those would be some of the teams in the mix. And I'm not saying anything that you don't know. Uh, I just think, do, do, do the Raptors belong in that discussion? Yes, Absolutely. They definitely belong at the big boy table in that discussion. The problem is you have a lot of people that don't even mention um, the Raptors in that sure. discussion. Uh, and I think they have every right to be in the midst of that discussion.
1: So, Jack, uh, awesome, awesome takes there. I think, uh, you know, we're going to segue over into the the rapid fire questions now. You know, almost a session with Jack. Uh, the first question here that I wanted to ask you was, you know, with your coaching background and mind for the game, was there a coach who inspired you professionally to get into coaching? And is there a current NBA coach who emulates Jack Armstrong's X's and O's or overall style of play?
2: <laughs> wow. Uh, well, there were, a lot of, uh, there were a lot of coaches that impacted me in my career. Uh, I would say uh, the two guys I worked for as an assistant coach at Fordham, uh, Tom Penders, who's going to be in the College Basketball Hall of Fame, Tom left Ford and went on, eventually to become the head of the, uh, the head coach at the University of Texas. Um, uh, and then a guy Nick McCartchick, who I worked for there. Uh, I mean, guys uh, that very helpful to me when I was the head coach at Niagara. That both played at Niagara actually, Frank Layton, the former president, uh, GM, and head coach at the Utah Jazz. Nice. Drift, and- Carl Malone, John Stockton, uh, U.B. Brown, uh, mm-hmm. who's still on television. At U.B. and Frank actually played basketball, and baseball together at Niagara back in the fifties. Mm-hmm. And both have really made an impact on me. Uh, I would say, uh, I mean, I have so many coaching mentors, uh, Luke Carter the hall of fame coach at uh, St. John's, uh, Paul Westhead who won an NBA championship, uh, with the Los Angeles Lakers and coached, uh, and Marymount. I wouldn't have had those great teams and Paul's son. I coached at Fordham. Uh, you know, and 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 just so many different people. Uh, Pete Gillen, former head coach, University of Virginia, uh, no, you know, Notre Dame assistant, helped me get into college coaching, coached at my high school in Brooklyn, Nazareth High School. Uh, but those would be a lot of guys. Guys that coach in the NBA now, you know what? I was, comp- I'm not going to lie to you, I was out of control. I coached every pass. I coached every cut. I was incredibly emotional and intense. So... Uh, I, would, I would say that most coaches today in the NBA are buttoned up and look nice in their suits. Uh, so I was more demonstrative uh, and, and out of control a little bit. But I, I would say, you know, when I look at coaches that were uh, very vocal and animated on the sideline, uh, that would be, you know. So you look at guys like a Don Nelson or very right. <laughs> strong guys that were, uh, you know, got after the refs a little bit. A Doug Collins. Uh, those would be some guys that uh, probably would, uh, in, in some way. Uh, but you know, a lot of the guys now are pretty, uh, pretty calm. But uh, when, when I look at uh, coaching principles, but I, you know, I look at a guy like Dwayne Casey. There's no doubt that. Uh, what, what he was just music to my ears when he coached the Raptors is because he was a guy who was steady as a rock, uh, knew what he wanted to get accomplished. And, 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 you know, what's vision? I think vision seeing the end product before you start the journey. But I thought Dwayne had a really good vision for what good basketball looked like. Awesome.
0: All right. Um, often we see uh, good players or even great players, um, but they, don't necessarily are the great leaders uh, that we need them to be. In your opinion, um, what makes a player a good leader?
2: Uh, I would say the most important thing is earning the respect of everyone in the room. And I think that is your actions. Uh, I think we have a lot of people that talk a good game.
3: Uh,
2: if, if, if I'm going to follow you, Uh, I need to see your actions to me. I think that's the most important thing is your actions. So uh, I think a guy like uh, Kawhi Leonard last year, Kawhi doesn't say a lot, Mm -hmm. uh, but if, would I want to play with Kawhi Leonard? Yes, absolutely. Because I respect that dude, Mm. you know, he shows up and he practices hard. He's all business. When he crosses the line in the game, you're, you know if you're on the other team you're not his friend he's there to take your head off and beat you nice. and he's all business uh he's an assassin you know and so to me leadership comes in a lot of different ways some guys are very vocal leaders uh, I think Kyle Lowry in his own way is a leader uh you know he by giving up his body uh the guy is he's one of the all-time greats in NBA history in my eyes yeah. of being able to take charges. Take charge. Definitely, uh, yeah. The guy is just elite, mm-hmm. you know, in, in terms of just how hard he plays the game. Uh, I look at Marcus soul. He's more verbal. Um, and, and yet, uh, he's verbal in a way that there's such a, a, a level of substance behind it. You look at him when he chats with Fred Van Vliet or Norm Powell or Pascal Siakam. There's an amazing – look at their eyes. The exchange is awesome because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's basketball intellect, guys mm-hmm. which exchanging ideas. I mean, Fred Van Vliet's a brilliant guy. And, and mm-hmm. you know, so the Raptors have a lot of guys like that. And, uh, but I, I think in general, when you ask about leadership, leadership can be vocal uh, and that's good, but the vocals got to be backed up with action. Right. So I, I, think, uh, I think there's got to be consistency there. So if I had to value one of the, over the other, I would say, uh, you know, John Wooden, the Hall of Fame coach, used to, uh, he had a great poem. He used to call it The Little Eyes Upon You. And, uh, you know, as a father of three boys, and prior to that in, in my coaching life, you know, people are always watching you. People are always looking up to you and they you know, they might hear what you say, but more importantly, they watch what you do.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and uh, so I would say, I would say actions would trump uh, words.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Well, stepping away from uh, basketball for a second, Jack. Uh, so we understand you, you've completed several uh, marathons over your time. Uh, including the Boston marathon. Uh, was there a memorable marathon that stood out for you that you took part in?
2: Well, I've done seven. I've done New York four times, uh, Chicago twice. And, uh, I've done the Boston marathon. Boston was the last one. I think, I think it was 2001. Uh, I have the medals over on the wall over there. I, <laughs> uh, I think it's 2001 was the last one I did. I, I, I to, I I've done a bunch of half marathons since, mm-hmm. uh, during this pandemic, I've been doing a lot of miles. I've thought about, uh, you know, doing another marathon. We'll see. I, 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 uh, it's a lot of work. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's quite a commitment. And quite frankly, I have no idea what my schedule is. Uh, uh, you
0: know,
2: <laughs> even, you know, fingers crossed things open up eventually. Uh, but even at that point, I don't know what the NBA schedule is going to look like. And I, even if I wanted to trade for a marathon, I don't know when I'd be able to <laughs>
0: right. So, uh,
2: But I, I guess memorable, my first New York marathon, having grown up in Brooklyn, uh, running over the Verrazano Bridge, and you, literally you're on the bridge and you turn to your left and you look out at New York Harbor, Uh, and you look at the Statue of Liberty and back then the Twin Towers and just the magnificence on a Sunday morning of uh, the sun rising and uh, your hometown. And then you're running over the bridge and I'm running into my home borough, Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And you run through Brooklyn and then uh, you you run into Queens and then Manhattan and then the Bronx and then back down into Manhattan through Central Park uh, and having my family there and uh so that that's memorable. And obviously the uh Boston marathon, which is the granddaddy of them all. Right. Uh, now again, I'm a New Yorker, I can't stand the Celtics, I can't stand the Red Sox. <laughs> I'm a Bills fan, I definitely can't stand the Patriots. Right. You know, and they're the most obnoxious sports fans. Uh and I have a lot of relatives there and friends and uh but it was a really cool experience to, to run that race. Um uh, and it was an incredibly hard race to train for because uh, the Boston Marathon's in April. So now, as you know, where we all live, uh, running in January, February isn't a fun thing outdoors no. where there's ice and snow and high winds. And it sucks, quite frankly, training for it. Uh, and, you know, and I'm traveling a lot with the Raptors. Uh, you know, so that was a difficult race to train for. So there was a great sense of accomplishment when I finished it. Literally, I think I had a Raptor game one day, flew to Boston, ran the game, uh, ran the race, and then came back and did a Raptor game wow. the next. day. Wow. Uh, it was in 2001, I think. So, uh, but uh, those, those are. It, it's a great. I love it. I love. I, I to this day, I love. I, I still uh i I still love running i I play tennis i don't play basketball anymore because i don't want to have someone elbow me in the head tennis is a (laughs) tennis is a lot safer sport at my age than than basketball and get honestly you get the same workout pretty much as you do in basketball with the east west north south stop start uh it's a lot of cardio it's very intense uh but uh, i love it and uh Again, you know, you guys asked me how I'm doing in the pandemic. I think that's helped me keep my sanity a little bit. Uh, I love to listen to music. I get out and run, and I just, I just relax, and I get in a different place. Great.
3: So listening to you over the last two-plus decades commentating, we know you have two famous catchphrases. I'm not going to attempt them, but hello, and get that garbage out of here. Um, if you had to choose one, which one gets your juices flowing when making those calls? <laughs>
0: Woo! <laughs>
3: if you had to choose one,
0: uh,
2: I would say I mean, I because mean, get that garbage out of here is only for block shots. Where <laughs> hello is for any great play right. I see. So I would probably say hello, I mean, hello, because <laughs> there is something. You know, a lot of times that's a alley oop tip dunk mm. or a, just any kind of remarkable play that gets people totally out of their seats uh you know whereas uh whereas get that garbage out of here is is kind of isolated a little bit to uh to someone blocking a shot but uh you know they've both been uh people I have little kids come up to me and they mimic me in in my Brooklyn accent and uh, uh I don't know it's just kind of taken off I don't know why uh, it just comes to me and I I say a lot of stupid things on the air, and, uh, but I have a lot of fun doing it. And uh, you know what? I mean, I, I always say when you do this for a living, you got to meet the moment. Uh, and, and to me, I think uh, I get fired up to do a game. Uh, I have a little checklist I look at the morning of the game I do, just kind of reminding myself of, of things mentally to be prepared for. And I prepare for the game, obviously, whoever the Raptors are playing that game and all that. Uh, but I always say, I you know, my job's to meet the moment. And, you know, coming up here in Orlando, it's a new, unique moment where we're gonna be calling games remotely. Mm. And then the game is gonna be played in a gym with no fans. Right. I mean, I've done events like this before. I've done Olympic qualifiers and world championships and things like that remotely. Uh, not at the uh, site, but there's always been fans in the Mm -hmm. building that these guys are playing. in. So it's a totally different experience. And I've been trying to study the baseball guys because I'm a huge baseball fan of watching the uh, little practice games that major league baseball is playing and seeing how these guys are handling it. Uh, Now their sports a lot different because it's very conversational. Whereas ours is it's very rapid fire. Right, uh, right. So it'll be a learning experience, but it'll be a new experience. I'm excited about it. Uh, it's my job to meet the moment. And I hope to be a better analyst uh, in October than I was here in July. I I, I want to keep growing, uh, you know, and, and that's how you get that's how you keep getting better. That's how you keep improving. Definitely.
0: Right. Great. Uh, so next question, Jack, I just want to throw a two part question at, at you here. Uh, So first part here is, uh, in no particular order, who is on Jack Armstrong's NBA Rushmore, Mount Rushmore of all time? And then the second part to that is, who is on Jack Armstrong's Toronto Raptor Mount Rushmore of all time?
2: Well, I'll do the Raptor one first. I would say Kyle Lowry would be number one. Uh, I would say uh, Vince Carter uh, would be number two because of the impact that he had on the sport. I honestly say this, if Vince Carter played in Vancouver rather than Toronto, I think Mm -hmm. Toronto would have had an NBA team no matter what. But I think Vancouver would still have a team, and Canada would have two NBA teams right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's the impact he had on the sport in Canada. Um, I would say uh, Kawhi Leonard because of the amazing Mm -hmm. season that he had with the Raptors. I wish he had stayed. Uh, And at the same time, I understand he wanted to go home and play in L.A. Kawhi is a good guy, uh, total pro. I enjoyed my year with him. He's a good man. Uh, I would say he would be that guy. Uh, You know, and then probably the other two guys would be Chris Bosh. And Chris, you know, Chris, unfortunately, uh, didn't have great teams to play on. But Chris was a pro and Chris was a heck of a player. Uh, I think Chris Bosch deserves to be in the Hall of Fame someday. I think if yeah, if, right. if health hadn't done him in, there's no question he would be in the Hall of Fame. So someday I think he'll get in. And then DeMar DeRozan, one mm. of my all-time favorites, just a truly good person and a great player and a guy who just got better and better every year. Right. And just uh, a, a true consummate professional that I have a lot of respect for. I have so many other guys that I love personally, uh, that I would want to put up there as well. But those in terms of the best players. And then NBA Mount Rushmore, uh, I would definitely obviously say, I mean, in my lifetime. Now, I didn't really get to see Bill Russell play uh, in person. Uh, And then Oscar Robinson I saw at the end of his career. And those guys were tremendous players. I would say definitely Michael Jordan, Kareem. uh, You know, they would be, you know, right at the top of the list. Uh, I think LeBron James deserves to be there. Magic Johnson, uh Larry Bird. I mean, those would be a few of the guys that uh, I would put right up there. Uh, I'm probably forgetting Kobe Bryant, you know, uh you know, th- th- those would be uh, you know, Shaquille O'Neal was a dominant, dominant yep. force. Uh but there's so many guys, uh so many great players that uh that I could put up there, but those would be a few on both on both fronts. So great.
1: Awesome. Well, Jack, uh, our last uh, question here. Uh, we had Eric Smith on our podcast recently, and he spoke highly about the mentorship and guidance you have provided to him over the years. Who would you say has been your mentor and what is the best piece of advice you have received in your career, either personally or professionally?
2: Wow, well, uh, I'll do that two parts. Uh, you know, mentorship and guidance and, uh, are, are important to me. I would say in my career, uh, we've already talked about basketball uh, coaching, Uh, I would say in broadcasting, uh, I would say a guy, Nelson Millman, who used to be the program director at the Fan 590, Mm -hmm. who along with the Raptors hired me 22 years ago, he hired Chuck Swirsky and I and gave us both an opportunity. Chuck's now at the Chicago Bulls. Actually, I owe Chuck a phone call. He he texted me. uh, (laughs) i got to get back to him later today. Uh, uh, And, and, uh, you know, so Nelson Millman. uh, I would say John Shannon, uh, who used to run Leafs and Raptors TV, was the executive director of Hockey Night in Canada, vice president of the NHL. Mm -hmm. Uh, John gave me my break in television and uh, really thought that I could do the job in television as well as radio. And I had done a lot of TV in the United States doing college basketball for ESPN and Fox and MSG Network. And uh, he felt based upon my work with that and had seen it, uh, believed in me. Uh, Paul Graham, Mark Millier from uh, TSN, uh, those guys were incredible uh, supporters of mine uh, and just really have, have have believed in me and given me the opportunity uh, you know, and, and, you know, there's so many people that when I reflect uh, in my career that, uh, you know, a guy like Scott Moore who hired me at Sportsnet uh, many, many years ago as well. But those would be some of the guys I would say uh, would be from a broadcast perspective. And I still stay in touch with all those guys uh, uh, to to, to uh, get their view on how am I doing. And I've always said to them, you know, Tell, shoot straight with me. Tell me what you think. If if there are things that I need to improve on, um, if I'm slipping in an area, keep, you know, keep me sharp. Uh, right. You know, so I think it's important to have people to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Um, right. you know, you know, in a lot you, you know, you, you have to seek out coaching because in our business, very few people coach you and mentor you. And and if you don't do that, you get stale. Uh, And you got to keep, you got to keep growing. You got to keep improving. You got to always strive to be better. And I think, and then in terms of mentorship, uh, as a, you know, personally, uh, I have one, you know, people ask me all the time when I, when I speak, uh, you know, a lot of times you speak at basketball camp and a little kid will raise his hand and say, you know, coach Armstrong, who's your hero? And they think I'm going to say, you know, uh, Bill Russell or Oscar Robinson or Kobe Bryant or, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Jordan, or whatever. And I always say, are you crazy? Are you kidding me? Uh, I have one hero. And my hero is my mom. Yeah. Uh, my my mom's 93. She lives in New York City. And, uh, you know, she raised four boys yeah. in a little apartment building in Brooklyn. My dad died of a heart attack when I was seven years old. Uh, my mom was a school lunch lady at PS 238 in Brooklyn. And she served breakfast and lunch every day when Stefan Marbury was a little kid. Hmm. Uh, and and she in My mom and dad are immigrants from Ireland, so I'm first generation. And uh, I you know I did not grow up in any way, shape, or form with a silver spoon in my mouth. I grew up poor, and when I lost hmm. my dad, times were very difficult. And my mom uh, helped me and my three older brothers, uh, she showed us the right path. And growing up in Brooklyn at that time, in New York was a rough place. I had a lot of friends go the other way with crime and drugs and a lot of, a lot of bad, you know what. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and when, when I reflect on my life and where I am in my life now, everything comes back to one person and that's my mom. And I call my mom every day, as I will today, I call her every single day and I always finish uh, my conversation on the phone with her with the three most important words Mm. we can say to somebody and that's, I love you. And uh, so she's my hero uh, and she's the most important person in my life. And uh, I definitely hit a home run and overachieve with my wife and my wife is a former (laughs) coach. She was a women's soccer coach, division one coach as well as a women's basketball assistant Mm and and I hit a home run with her and I hit a home run with my kids and I feel very blessed and I feel very fortunate. Uh, so, you know, you, you, uh, during this pandemic and during all this, uh, you know, social unrest, uh, I think you have an opportunity to reflect on a lot of things and uh, you know, you try to reflect in your life and say all the blessings that you have and all the, the good things that you have going. So uh, I feel mm-hmm. very fortunate and very blessed. Awesome. awesome.
0: Thank yeah. you. Good.
1: Yeah. Thank you for, uh, you know sharing that Jack and just uh, just awesome takeaways as a whole, just in terms of everything that's happening as well. Uh, we also want to shout out and uh, plug uh, Jack's website hellojack.ca and his clothing line Hello Jack Apparel. Some awesome apparel on there, so I encourage our viewers and listeners to check out the website. Also want to plug Jack's Instagram handle at Jack Hello. With three O's at the end of the hello there, um, Jack. Was there anything else that you want to plug and promote? I know you said that, uh, in terms of the scrimmages we're starting shortly um, in the next couple of days. Uh, was there anything else that you want to mention as
2: well? Well, yeah, yeah. The scrimmages start Friday, so we got it on TSN Friday night uh, against the Houston Rockets. Matt Devil and I will be working, so looking forward awesome. to that. And uh, I just got to ask you—you know—so you had Eric Smith on before me, so. So that's like going uh from mickey mantle to now mickey to now mickey mouse no <laughs> you know, no you not
0: know,
2: at no. you've really you've really lowered your standards you no. now you have me so uh man oh man i don't know i don't know who you're gonna have next but whoever you have is gonna be a major step up no, but, no. Uh, I, I appreciate you guys promoting the site and yeah there's always some great t-shirts and hats there and all that but Thanks for doing that. And again, thank you for having me on. It was an honor and privilege to join you today. And uh, I look forward to meeting each and one, each and every one of you personally someday at a game. Likewise.
1: Awesome. Thank you thank so you much, so Jack, much. You know, thank you. for taking the time uh, you know, to spend time with us. And we hope we can do this again in the future, like you said, in person and just to connect in that way as well. And hopefully one day we get to go to that game, look up <laughs> at the rafters with a banner, and we'll definitely get you some cold ones. So we got you.
2: Right. <laughs> I'd awesome. love to do that.
1: There it is. There it is. There you guys have it guys. Another episode of Beyond the Court comes to a close with our special guest, the one and only Jack Armstrong, TSN's NBA insider and Raptors bark broadcaster for the defending NBA champion, Toronto Raptors. Don't forget to like and hit the subscribe button. We'll also have the details of Jack's website and Instagram handle mentioned in the video description below. Thanks so much, everyone. Take care. Be safe. Stay blessed.